Live at 5, Sports of Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, gee, Jim, look now, and uh, the Wild are kind of getting themselves back into the playoff race. I think it's, what, seven out of nine and four in a row, kind of pulling things together a little bit here. They are, and uh, I think I said when they were a week or two ago, they're so far down, they're going to need a winning streak because they're chasing so many teams. Not all those teams are going to lose on the same day. To make up ground on all of them, you're going to need a winning streak. Well, they produced a winning streak, mm-hmm. and they are playing better. Kaprizov has been really good for the last month. Boldy's been really good for the last couple of weeks. So the top two scorers are rolling. Their goalie, goalies are playing well. Brodeen coming back has been really big for them, for the team missing Spurgeon. And he had a nice goal last night, which is not usually his game, but a beautiful shot from him last night. And they're playing good team defense. Walls talked about on the broadcast last night. You know, even when opposing teams are possessing the puck, they just aren't spending much time around the net. Uh, the Wilds are doing a really good job of keeping them on the outside and, and allowing their goalies to see easier shots. So all those things combined, um, and the fact that they're going to have a pretty easy schedule from now on, mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's, there is a window here. Yeah, at one of the few times that they weren't uh, clearing him out in front of the net, they got a goal disallowed because their guy drifted mm-hmm. in too close to Flurry anyway, who was trying to get him out of there, and Brock Faber was tangling uh, right in front of the net at that same time too. Faber has really put himself legitimately in the uh, Rookie of the Year conversation, uh, in part, of course, because Connor Bedard has been injured for Chicago. Nonetheless, Faber's been terrific. He has, and uh, Bedard is should be back here soon, um, and they're Bedard and Faber are tied for most points by uh, by a rookie. Uh, Logan Cooley actually had a goal against the former Gopher, had a goal for the uh, Coyotes last night, their only goal. Uh, and I think, you know, Faber has played pretty much every game. He's been highly productive. Bedard, to me, would have to really be spectacular the rest of the way for him to win that award over, over Faber. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk Gopher men's basketball uh, at second-ranked Purdue tonight. And, of course, the gigantic uh, Zach Eady, uh, who covers the middle for them. Uh, boy, it's going to make a big difference if Dawson Garcia can go or not. Yes, and I'm not sure at this moment, as we're talking here, whether he will or not. But, yeah, I mean, he's their best player. He's also their best inside player. He's a guy. He's probably the only guy they have who has a chance to get Edie in some kind of foul trouble or draw him away from the paint. So they really need him tonight. Uh, what is this I'm reading about? They're calling him the green team for the Gophers, that it's going to be all hands on deck, uh, you know, bringing some guys who can spend a few fouls. Is it that kind of a thing? Um, you know what? I skimmed that, Kyle. It sounded to me like they were just brought some people with some big bodies in yep. to help them uh, during practice kind of imitate Zach Edie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what it is. So uh, use that in practice. Uh, yeah, the one uh, Jack Wilson, 6'11", 290, uh, former offensive lineman, so mm-hmm. uh, transferred in this year. And, and you know, how do you assimilate, uh, you know, in practice a guy who's 7'4", and 290 pounds? You really can't. No, I've seen uh, different teams over the years when I spend a lot of time at basketball practices, you know, walking around with, like, tennis rackets and holding <laughs> them up high above their heads or brooms. You know, just to simulate, you know, this is how high you're going to have to arc your shot to get it over this guy. This mm-hmm. is what you're going to have to be dealing with. Um, I've also seen teams really practice on getting into the bodies of big players like that. Uh, you get into a, the body of a really tall player, natural reactions for him to drop his arms. He drops his arms, you can draw a foul. Now, easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Everybody tries to do this against him, and he's dealt with it before, and he's an 
He's a very experienced, great player. But you got to do something. You got to do something to combat the size. Yeah. Uh, Parker Fox, I don't know that he's going to be defending him necessarily coming off the bench. I've been, I've been glad to see him, uh, you know, get some good minutes this year for the Gophers. I mean, that guy, you know, with two catastrophic knee injuries that he's had to come back from. I, I wasn't sure if he really would regain his college basketball career, but he's looked pretty active and agile out there. He, he's really given them a burst second half of this season. He didn't seem to do much early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got into the Big Ten schedule, and all of a sudden he was playing with Incredible. He's a very good athlete, uh, but he's played with incredible energy uh, all over the, the, you know, all over the place as a defender, rebounding, you know, scoring a, a little bit, you know, at least being an offensive threat when he's out there. It is. It's a cool story, and he's been a valuable player for him. No doubt. Uh, you know, a little story that's been kind of in fun, but I didn't know that this was the case. I'm moving to the Timberwolves and, and Rudy Gobert requesting that they have the offensive end. Uh, the second half uh, by their bench and coaching staff. I didn't realize that was a choice until this kind of came up the other day. And Finch, uh, you know, kind of smiled and said, well, it makes Rudy happy, so it makes us all happy. But they had gone with defense on their end of the floor. I thought it would have been natural to have offense uh, second half on your end of the floor. I guess not. Well, I think this team really, uh, they went through some practices and some preseason games this last year. And Finch looked out and said, okay, I I think the offense is, going to evolve by itself, but the defense just isn't good enough, and we need to be a good defensive team. And he really started started pounding on the defense, uh, emphasizing it in practice. And so I think he really wanted to have the defense on his end of the floor early in the season when he was. they were really working on switches. They were using a little bit of a different defensive system than they did last year. Uh, and they had some new players to incorporate. I just think he felt like he was really invested in making sure the defense uh, operated well in crunch time. And frankly, now the defense is one of the best in the league, if not the best, and the growth for this team is going to be on better offensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. So it actually kind of makes some sense to have them uh, switch sides at this point. Yeah, and, and Edwards said, too, you know, on the defensive end, all Rudy does is talk and communicate back there. And mm-hmm. and uh, so he said, we feel like we've got that covered now. But that explains it then that Fitch really felt like they needed more communication on the defensive end. I didn't even know that was a choice, uh, you know, that yeah. the visiting team gets to pick, too. That was interesting. Yeah, I remember Flip Saunders at one point talking about the fact that ah. uh, he really wanted the same thing. He wanted the offense to be uh, in front of him uh, in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they, uh, you know, if they can knock out Portland again tonight and and go into the All Star break with four straight wins and and alone atop the Western Conference, I mean, uh, you know, they could really launch out of it a little. You know, they've got Milwaukee coming out of it, but outside of that, Milwaukee and San Francisco out of their first seven, the only games against teams with winning records. Yeah, and they've beaten the Bucks mm-hmm. and they've beaten the Warriors. Uh, so, you know, I, I really think we're close to a point here where we stop looking at, okay, who's going to be tough with the Timberwolves, start looking at the other way. And Man, I mean, who, which of these teams can beat the Timberwolves yeah. when they play well? Um, Edwards has been really impressive lately. Gobert's been excellent. I think Morris is a really nice addition who's going to kind of grow into his role. Alexander Walker's been excellent. I mean, this is a really good team. You know, mm-hmm. this is the, we're long past uh, this being any kind of a fluke or – Anything else? Uh, this is a good team. It's a team to be reckoned with. I was watching ESPN the other day, and they were just raving about how great the Clippers are, and and saying you know one of the, it was just one of their 
you know, typical debate segments, and they're like, mm-hmm. are the Clippers the best team in the NBA right now? It was like, oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I'm thinking, God, the Wolves just punked them on their home court. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Clippers have been the hotter team lately. But, man, I just love the way the Wolves are playing right now. That was a terrific win, and and in large part because of the, you know, they've tried to build a collection of stars there. They, they've gone out and purchased everybody that they could find or traded for them, and, and uh, the Wolves have handled them uh, uh, this season. And even going back to last year, it's just not a good matchup for the Clippers at all. It's not, and we'd have to see what would happen. The Tyron Lue is a very good coach, and they mm-hmm. have Harden, who really knows how to run an offense. You know, we don't know what a seven-game series between these teams would look like, but I think I'd bet on the Wolves because of their yes, defense. Yes, I would as well. Uh, as uh, the uh, Timberwolves uh, head on into the uh, All-Star break then, and and uh, do you think there's any going to be any attraction for any awards at the end of the year for the Timberwolves? I don't really see them among the, the betting favorites for MVP or anything like that, and, and do they care that much about that? I really don't think they care. Uh, they were really happy for Finch that they got him to an all-star game. It, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty good locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, NBA locker rooms can be pretty toxic and pretty selfish, and this is not that. Uh, it's a pretty good group. I, I think if Edwards keeps playing like this and the Wolves maintain, you know, either the best record in the West, second best record in the NBA, whatever it is, I think Edwards will start to get a little more. Uh, chatter mm-hmm. about MVP. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I think that will become a more significant thing if he continues to play well and this team stays at the top. Uh, I think uh, Gobert could be the defensive player of the year. Finch has a chance to be the coach of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are some re- there are some serious awards that are. I don't know if any of them are going to win them, mm-hmm. but they definitely should be in among the finalists. Any All NBA nods uh, for a second, third team? Do you think? I would think that Edwards has a chance to be first team All NBA again if he continues playing like this, gets a little more national recognition, and the team stays afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that Gobert can make it. He's the just the same reason to make the All Star game, but he does have a chance as a defensive player. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at Five Sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Cardinal Championship Hockey comes your way. Rambo pregame at seven fifteen.